Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 41 and we are covering Narcos Mexico. We're still into this series, but guess what? We made it to the last final two episodes and we will be done until season three drops. So now we will start into snowfalls very shortly sometime early next week. I have a few church announcements before we drop into the show. Um, I'm going to drop two episodes Sunday. I'm going to do power if it comes on. It's, it's, it's scheduled to come back on. Remember, they took a week off. So we'll get back to power book. Raising Canaan. Also. I'm going to do my tribute to Michael Jackson on his born day, which is Sunday. So I'll drop that episode as well. I'm going to try to sprinkle in a documentary tomorrow. But if I can't, hey, we'll get it done. I want to at least do the crack documentary or either the freeway Ricky Ross before we start in a snowfall. Um, I am ready to get started as well. But I just want to kind of go over the documentaries before we get started. So even if we can't squeeze two in there we'll definitely do one um i will announce that before we even get started but the crack is already on netflix if you guys want to be checking that out so by you guys know where that's at it's called crack c-r-a-c-k it's on netflix we definitely need to check that out before we go in the snowfall so we can just break everything down like we've been doing with narcos um trying to make for sure i'm not forgetting anything i want to shout out um this book i've been reading it is called some things i've been through a memoir by jamil gully cv Lindsay. uh you can buy that on amazon it's a dope read he also has his youtube channel over a hundred thousand subscribers he covers hip-hop fashion um sports all of that good stuff he got really dope interviews with some of everybody real authentic channel also, if you will be in the Atlanta area, either you live in ATL or you're visiting, my one of my close friends is opening up a spa. It is called Ambience Health and Wellness Spa. It specializes in mineral detox body wraps, vaginal steams, iconic foot baths, and, cl- and cl- clonics, clonics, I'm sorry, mineral detox body wrap, um, like a foot bath it's gonna be so much stuff she offers she got the himalayan salt and infrared sauna sauna therapy so that will be in roswell georgia check that out i will put the um, website in on the link of the podcast but that is at www.ambiencehealthspy.com i will put that in the link as well and then i'll shout it out more as um the opening date arrives come in there and get you a spa treatment guys roswell georgia shout out to my friend amber um pretty much that wraps it up I'm going to try to come back on tomorrow, but you know, sometimes things do get a little hectic. Um, If not Sunday, we will be doing a Michael Jackson tribute and we will also be doing the race and caning review. Um, I want to do the crack documentary as well. Before we get into snowfall, I did find the freeway Ricky Ross documentary. I've been telling you guys we're going to cover. So I looked everywhere and everything has took it off it's not on amazon prime anymore so i did locate it and it is on youtube let me just pull that up so you guys can find it i saved it so i can tell you exactly where to go so if you go to youtube and you type in rick rick freeway ross crack in the system and it also has the real snowfall so check that out it's an hour and 43 minutes long and we are going to get to get into that as well so we want to do those two docs get in the snowfall and we're going to be right on schedule um today is episode 41 when we get to episode 50 i'm gonna try to do a special episode because that'll be us 50 episodes in you know how much this means especially for my day one gang um but today, let's finish up. We made it to Narcos, Mexico, 9 and 10. You guys, we have been talking about this since day one. I was like, we're going to do Narcos. We're going to do all this stuff and get into it. And I feel bad because I was just starting off and I didn't get to cover um, Colombia <clears throat> like that and go full depth and detail like we've been doing with Mexico. But 
I was just starting off, you know, I had to get used to the microphone. And also I was getting ready to move. So it was just so much going on. So by we didn't really get to give, you know, Columbia our all and we did a we did some stuff, but we didn't get to do it all. So um what I wanna do is I want to do at least another documentary on Columbia because that's a lot of history there. But we'll get down to that. We'll, we'll definitely get in that as well. Um, on that note, I don't want to hold you guys any longer. Tonight, we will be covering 9 and 10. So let's go ahead and get into the show. One more shout out to my uh, social media platforms. If you want to follow me on Facebook, IG is Alicia Shanice. If you love music, I have a dope playlist on Spotify all of them are under Shanice Loves, and it has like Shanice Love 80s, 80s 1 and 2 for R&B and hip-hop, 90s the same way, country music, gospel music, reggae music, I have it all. So if you in a vibe, in a long car ride, cleaning house, and you know, just whatever, I got you ready. I even got a late night tip if you're just chilling with your little boo. So... I'm excited today. I think I said all the church announcements today. So let's go ahead and get into the show. Name is Shanice, and she's the one. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. All right, you guys, so episode nine opens up and it's titled Growth, Prosperity, and Liberation. And that's what we've seen. <laughs> this episode opens up and it's like a flash in the past. We see Miguel. He is sitting there remembering and is showing us his old life when he was just a Sinaloan cop. And he's still with Maria when their children were, you know, little born, newborns. They were very little. Um, you know, he walks in a house. He's his old, how he was before all of this. Um, we see him and Maria very happy. Didn't have much, but very happy. And he walks into the backyard. And who do we see after this long time missing in action? We see the genius, Rafa. He's back there. And this is when he first started. They're showing when they when he first started getting everything going with the seedless weed, the seedless marijuana. So they're back there. Miguel is, you know, excited. And that's when everything was so simple, right? So he kind of snaps out of it and we see him and Maria sitting in the present time and they're talking and we can tell that they're kind of finding their way back to each other but then we go and they show us what's getting ready to come in we see the supply starts in Colombia and America is always in demand and as in America we're never short of demand but Mexico played the middleman so we seen on how the supply we seen all of the um we seen all of the the labs in the middle of the woods you know we seen all of the the labs that pablo and them had we seen all of the super labs so we seen how the supply was getting made we covered that in colombia but then we see of course their goal was to get everything over into america let's see where mexico was coming in was they were bringing everything over through their routes so that's how they were playing the middleman and on top of that back in 87 um they had smuggled in about 140 tons in the u.s a year and Felix Miguel, with the load that he was getting from the Cali cartel, he was about to bring in 70 tons. So that's more than half in one night. It took them one year to get in 140 tons. He was bringing in 70 in one night. So this was a big deal. And if it went through, that meant he was God to them. And it means that he could take over how he kind of maneuver his way in for about 10 minutes and also that showed everybody else playing on praying i said playing forget praying on his downfall we see don juan and his nephew they're sitting in a restaurant and they're praying somebody pull a put a bullet in his head then we see 
Tijuana family. His sister goes and uh, Benjamin's sister, Adenina, goes and tells him, like, I heard Felix is bringing in 70 tons. And they're starting to get nervous because they know what this means. We see even Azul getting nervous. He goes over and he talks to him and he's telling him, like, look, you're playing Jeopardy with our lives. You're gambling with our lives. I hope this goes through. And Azul is starting to wake up, starting to see Miguel does not give a fuck about anybody but Miguel. It is what it is. It might have been different in reality, but we're more talking about the show. And of course, a lot of it was dramatized because they weren't really dealing with Callie in depth in the 87 at that time. Miguel Felix crew was dealing with Pablo. So a lot of this is dramatized, but as for the show, Miguel Felix did not give a fuck about anybody but Miguel Felix. So we see Azul starting to wake up because in season one, the only thing he wanted was um, Comandante Nava's job. And after Miguel Felix killed Comandante Nava, Azul got that raise, that promotion. Uh, he became number one. And now he's starting to kind of wake up out of his own little dream and see everything is not what it seems. We go and we get to the next scene and we see Watt and his sister-in-law. They're having a conversation and she's telling him that she's moving out of Texas. She has a job somewhere else. She's ready to move on and, you know, let his brother's memory go. Like he'll always live with her heart, but, you know, she has to live her life and he understands it. But, you know, with the mission he's getting ready to do it kind of makes him feel like he doesn't even have anything to go back to because he really doesn't have any family that they show us all they show us is him going you know taking care of his little nephew since his brother died and we see that he uh holds his brother's death on his hands like it was his fault the next thing we see navigante and amato they're having their own little little back and forth we see um Navigante, he, oh, he's so grimy. <laughs> we see him, and uh, I didn't like Navigante from how he uh, betrayed Gotcha in Colombia and how he went over to the Cali cartel when he left. The, he first he was part of the Medellin cartel and went to the um to the Cali cartel. And I told you guys before, he's basically he's based off a true character. That is true. He worked for Gotcha. He turned on Gotcha. And then he moved over to the Cali cartel. And he was also one of Agent Pena's real informants. I believe he was murdered. Um, so I think we covered everything. We see Navigante. He brings the 70 tons over. They kind of go back and forth. He basically tells him Pacho says hello. So we have to pay attention to those little small details. Pacho said hello. We see they're a little friendly. You know, in, but Amato is not smart. He's like, you know, he, he, even, he even makes a jab at him. Like, you know, no snakes out here. Only the one I'm looking at. So basically calling Navigante a snake. So we see it's a little bit of friendliness, but a little bit of jabs put me and put out there as well. I am team Amato. I like Amato style myself. We see a little monologue. And it's playing the beautiful music in the background. And it's going from scene to scene, done so nicely and well done. It goes to the shipment getting ready. We see Amato say he's staying, you know, get everything ready. He has his own crew confused from that. We see um, the Operation Leander. They're getting ready. They're getting strapped up and taking precautions for the, you know, they're their little mission they're getting ready to go on they're praying and getting ready it kind of reminded me on how when the police were getting ready to go and capture gotcha in columbia narcos um we also see miguel felix getting all dressed up for his little ball and uh azul comes in and he tells him his wife is downstairs so this if it was your first time watching of course you're thinking his new wife because that was his wife but he gets down there and it's the beautiful maria i love maria in this show i even love her more in episode 10 but we see Maria there. He sent a private jet for her. It's kind of like a sideway flirt, but her guard is still up at the moment. Um, but she's back. Um, 
when they make it to the uh, presidential dinner party, we see the lady who was helping them with the election, who uh, the PRI team sent. We see that she goes and, oh, Miguel's family now, honey. She's hugging him, <laughs> smiling. They're walking around. She's introducing him to everybody. Like, oh, don't be fooled. He's this. Don't be fooled. He's this. And Maria being a real Maria, she is. And the Sinaloa girl, she says, oh, she says, who are we pretending to be? Miguel says, Maria. <laughs> I got a kick out of that because she was like, you know, she's just watching her talk behind everybody's back. And she's like, well, who are we supposed to be pretending to be? And he was like, Maria. <laughs> I just got a kick out of that. But yeah, and she's telling Miguel, like, this is where you always wanted to be. This is where this is the spot you were trying to make it to to finally be accepted and be looked at more than a drug dealer or a small time cop from Sinaloa. You know, he wanted that approval from approval from Governor C, so he never got it. He looked at him like a father figure. He always he never really just wanted to, he never wanted to be a trafficker. That wasn't his goal. He always wanted to be powerful and respected. And, you know, when you don't come from that, you want that acceptance. So that's very relatable on everybody. You know, we all pretty much want acceptance from people who never um, respected us. But in the long run, as you get in life, you just realize, like Sonny said in a Bronx tale, nobody cares. Fuck them. Live your life. It's my motto. Um... So after the dinner party, Miguel, um, him and Maria, they're dancing and, you know, having them a good old time. And then it goes straight to the big showdown. It goes to Watts and the mission. It shows them ready. They had a stable plan, but it goes chaotic. It's an ambush. Miguel Felix, I'm not Miguel Felix, Amato has put the tracking device back on the planes. So when the planes get over there, they take um, some of Amato's guys captive. And then when they get in there, they actually, one of the guys realized, he like, what? This is not coke. Soon as he says that, he gets shot in the head. And then everything just goes crazy. Everybody end up getting shot. Everybody is shooting at each other. And it's way more of them than it is of Operation Leander. We even see Commandante roll in there with, the, with his troops. So... And one of the guys on Watt's team realized that he's not going to make it. And he tells Watt, like, get the fuck out of here. Give me the keys. And he basically runs into the airplane, setting it on fire. Basically, you know, letting himself go out to save them. Um, once Watt get away, his other guy is there shot. Commandante comes like he wants to save him. But then when he sees the other guys coming, he shoots him in the head. He sends the guys the other opposite way. He finds Watt and he tells Watt how Amato found the tracker and he was never going to walk away and get the fuck away from here. He's like, it should have been you dead. This is on your hands. Watt leaves. He goes back to the oh, safe house and it's only three of them left. And they're like, what happened? You, he just likes that cigarette. You can tell his whole world was upside down. It was very, very, it's a very good scene, but very sad as well. Um, Amato, Felix calls Amato, asks him how everything went, did, did they have any problems? Amato tells him, none that we weren't expecting. And he's like, well done. Well done. And he basically like, well, we'll send the planes, you know, he'll fly everything from, from over there the next day so he already had the coke put up safely when he sent the planes they were basically empty um what goes to ed and his other boss's office and before he walks in there we see him looking at like the sacrifices of the other agents that's been lost and we see kiki camarano's picture in the middle um we see him just sitting there like, you know, pretty much he felt like he let, you know, that look, he felt like he let Kiki down, even though they weren't friends, they didn't know each other, you know, joining an operation like that, or, you know, a DEA intelligence like that. I'm sure most of them, I'm, I know there was some dirty ones in there as well, but I'm sure most of them were probably trying to make a change. All of them weren't dirty. CIA, it's a different story, <laughs> but the DA, it really seemed like they just really wanted to, to make a change, you know? And as far as like Kiki, 
the saddest part about it is he just was really trying to do his job. That's all he wanted to do. He wasn't out to just get anybody for a personal vendetta. It wasn't, uh, you know, just stirred at one person. He just wanted to do his job. He was hired for it. He was put on that case. And for him to get brutally murdered like that, um, it, it, it was very sad, very, very unfortunate. And then the, the worst part about it is that a lot of it was covered up. A lot of the real people were never in trouble, you know, um, very sad. So you got somebody like Walt who's trying to go over there, trying to make a difference, trying to do everything they can. And of course, when you're dealing with stuff like that, you might have to break the little rules here and there. And they know that. Um, and they kind of just shoo him out, tell him, you know, he's like, well, I don't give a fuck about myself, but I do have my men. I promised them this. I promised them that. And they're like, you promised him that his brother would be set free. No, he did rob a liquor store. You promised him that his uncle would get a visa. No, he was deported years ago. So everything that he did promise them, it's just like whatever. They basically pin him down to a desk and tell him that from now on, he's off the field. They just basically chain him to desk duties. Doing paperwork. So Ed is just like, look at, Ed is looking at him like, you went too far, Watt. It is an asshole. Um, anyway, we go to the next scene, and it's just no justice there. <laughs> so Felix is in the warehouse, and we see the big shipment. We see all of the cocaine, and we see him very, very proud. And he's letting Azunu, you know, go set everybody straight, let them know that we're partners. And Amato, pay attention to Mr. Amato. He's still watching. He like partners. This is what you really want? You know, Amado's kind of filling them out. Uh, also, Amado's been looking at that ever since um, Pablo Acosta was murdered. He's been looking at that chain. So pay attention to Amado. And we see that um, Miguel Felix ordered the shipment to be shipped off to California. And that was the end of episode nine. Very good, very strong, very intense episode. I enjoyed every minute of it. But now, but now, we're going to take a leap on over here to episode 10, titled Free Trade. <sighs> it comes on. We got Miguel Felix sitting up in bed like he can't sleep. He's smoking a cigarette in the bed. And we see that Maria is in the bed with him. So we see that they're back um, together all the way. And, you know, the next morning it shows the two children. They're eating breakfast. Maria seems like a good mother. You know, like even from like season one on on, she's like very nurturing. Uh, she put her children first. You see, she got them on down. Like, we don't have to live this fancy life. She went to Sinaloa. So it just seemed like she was like one of those real nurturing mothers. Um, but we see everything is back to normal. And she knows Miguel. So she's looking at him. She's like, what's wrong with you? Are you not happy? And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm happy. But it's a lot on his mind. Then we go straight to California. And we see it's a big warehouse. We see they're in there watching a the game, drinking beers. We see cocaine all over the place. And one of the guys, he um, ends up going for a beer run at the store. So while he's at the, at the store getting beer, luckily, he stops to check out the game and sit for a minute. And while he's doing that, when he walks out, he sees a raid happening. We see a whole bunch of police cars, SWAT trucks, all of them pulling up. And they raid the warehouse. He puts the beer down. He eases it down. He just left that beer here and he took off running. Then we have our opening scene and we see that part was so funny how he just slept that beer right there and just took off running. And it goes into the opening scene. We hear our openings. And then we go and after the opening, we see Chapo. We see he's um, having a meeting with Miguel Felix and he's asking him for um, can Hector Palma be let back in and one thing about um, Chapo Chapo is loyal you know I don't know how he's gonna go 
more in the show in the series but even to this day Sinaloa cartel is very strong but we see a young ambitious Chapo who is about protecting his own plaza and pertaining to Sinaloa very loyal very ballsy to even go there and ask him for everything that happened but Miguel Felix owed him because if it wasn't for him he went and added all those zeros to the ballots when they were trying to go for election um so Azul you know he ended up telling uh Miguel Felix you should do a truce um Hector Palma is very respected very liked it will look good for you know you guys to make amends and he tells Chapo he'll think about it and after that you know they kind of talk and he's like have you seen where Palma's been staying and he's like no but his wife used a credit card a while like a week ago so now we know Miguel Felix knows where Lupita is staying and Azul is trying to let him know like you need to to do this it'll it'll look good for all the shit if they have been through so it goes back and we go to sacramento california and we see wall has been put on desk duties but a news show is on we see real footage so this was a real bust this is real news footage they seizure 20 tons in los angeles warehouse from a citizen's anonymous tip. Who is that anonymous tip? It's real footage showing 20 tons, over $7 billion, worth over $7 billion. They found $12 million in cash in there, and all of that shit was protected with a $6 padlock, and that was in 1989. And what is saying, this, this doesn't make any sense, which it didn't. We see the Tijuana family, they're sitting there, they're arguing, they're getting nervous because they know what's going to happen with the shipment being lost from the Colombians and, you know, all this heat being brought back on them once again. And we see his sister, um, Adenina, she is nervous because she knows she's breaking the rules by working with Isabel behind her family's back. And her and Isabel, they're bringing in very good much money. They're doing their thing. So then we see Mr. Pacho and Navagante pull up. And first thing, first they call. And then, you know, Felix tells him to meet him in Guadalajara. When he gets there, they finally feel like they're ballsy enough to not let Navagante in there. Now, Navagante wasn't loyal to Gotcha, but at the time, he was very loyal to Pacho. They don't let they don't let him in. And Pacho's like, it's fine. I got it. So he goes in there they're in like a fancy restaurant. It's closed. So it's just them two in there. Pacho orders his normal strawberry daiquiri honey. The one that he used to always order in Narcos Colombia. Remember when they kidnapped Agent Murphy? And he said, want a strawberry daiquiri? <laughs> so they always show Pacho ordering a strawberry daiquiri. And he tells him, like, you know, we prefer Panama neutral, you know, neutral grounds. And he was like, no, Guadalajara is okay. So, Pacho sees what Felix is doing, and he just plays along. Felix is extra, acting extra cocky, talking about how he's a very resentful person, and, you know, he's demanding stuff now because, you know, he's taunting Pacho for the loss, and Pacho's like, I wonder where that anonymous tip came from. He's not stupid. Came in perfect timing. And now all of a sudden, Miguel Felix is not willing to negotiate or work anything out, but he wants to demand and set a payment kilo for kilo. And Pacho realized that that must did not happen by mistake. So he basically, you know, he tells Pacho, like, no, you tried to fuck me, but I'm a very, very more, uh, I'll get everything done when I put my mind to it. So, they basically, you know, the point he's, he, he just caught his other plaza, his partners. But when he's in front of um, Pacho, he tells him, no, they're not my partners. They're my employees. And after that, Azul sees, Azul was like, what happened? Did you work everything out? And he's like, no, we're going to give him more time, but we want kilo for kilo. So Azul sees that this power is going to Miguel 
Felix's head. He advises him to at least call a meeting explaining to the other plaza bosses what is going on. And that, you know, you gave to the Columbia more time and they're not going to be getting their money. So he um, basically tells him like, yeah, go ahead, call a plaza meeting if that'll make you happy. Like being very just extra and very cocky and like acting like he's God. And he acts about, he tells him he made a plan about, I mean, he came to a decision about Hector Palmer. Soon after, after he says that, we go and we see Clavel punk ass. He's pulling up at the motel where Lupita and her kids have been hiding at. He goes to the door, comes all nice and calm. She gets nervous when she sees him. And she's like, what are you doing here? He's like, it's okay. Felix sent me here. You know, he's caught the war off. He's going to let Palma back in. I'm here to take you back in. Mind you, she's been having an affair with this man for a while now. She's comfortable with him. She trusts him. Hell, he was the one who warned her to get out the house. So she trusts him. So she leaves, thinking she's going back. She's still nervous, you can tell. They get out. Um, he tells her, let's get out and stretch, get some air, this long drive. They're out in the middle of nowhere. And this snake fucker, um, they go and they go by the water and she's telling him like, look, I know what we had was special. I care about you a lot, but I love my husband. And when we get back, we cannot no longer see each other anymore. And you can tell that bothered him, but not enough to where he didn't pull out a gun and shoot her in the head. Her two babies started crying in the car and it shows them. It shows the sick fuck throwing these kids over in the river. This was a very emotional scene for me. It reminded me of the other scene of a movie that I will never watch in my life. And I think the devil wrote it um, for colored girls. When uh, the, the boyfriend, was he the husband of the lady? And he threw her kids out the, the, the uh, he was like high story window. The girl who worked for um, Janet Jackson. I will never watch that dark, sick movie a day in my life. Um, I got way off topic, but that scene, it just, it brought back that same feeling. I remember watching it, it made my stomach ball, like, and what makes it even sadder, it was a true story. This really happened to this woman and her children. And to be honest, it was worse than what they showed. Sick fuck. So yes, that really happened to her and her two children, but it was worse than that. Um, it goes and we see after that, all the bosses get the call at the same time. We see Don Juan getting a call. We see, not Don Juan, we see Chapo getting a call and it's like gut punching him. We see Omado getting a call. Then we see, um, the Felix brothers, they're getting a call and his sister was like, what the fuck is he, he trying to do? Scare us? And they look at Benjamin's little girl, knowing that that could be their family. We see Don Juan, it goes straight to him. His restaurant is getting all, it's been bombed and it's on fire. And he's telling his nephew, like, that skin, that thin man did it. That skinny fucker did it. Did you hear what he just did to Hector Palmas? Um, children. But when Maria gets the call, she calmly, Marie, Maria played this part. She said, okay. She put that phone down. She walked out to that balcony. Um, and he's sitting there, uh, smoking his cigarette, holding his little girl. And they're talking about, uh, a book. Maria says, go upstairs and close the door. And he says, do what your mom says. And he's like, what's wrong? She mentioned Hector Palmer's wife, Lupita, and her children. And she is just like, you used to be a good man. You used to care about people. You let the money, the whores, these politicians go to your head. And they kind of go back and forth, back and forth. He kind of hems her up a little bit like, um, oh, now you're scared of me. What about your dad? And. Maria pulls out that knife. She sliced, she, she sliced his ass a little bit. She said, get out of my house. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. You're my, she said, when have, have you ever cared about your family? Maria, I felt that shit, girl. Oh, Maria. 
he leaves the house looking like a sad puppy. And we go, and Adenina ends up telling Benjamin the truth about how she's been working with Isabella. Pacho gets the call right after that. They don't show us who's calling Pacho, but we see someone's calling Pacho. And he's like, how did you get my number? We'll find out shortly who that was. Goes to the next scene and we go into Hotel Americas, which is uh, Miguel Felix Hotel. Um, And when he drove off from that house, he drove off looking like a sad puppy. So Maria put him out as you should. Um, It's the big meeting now. And we see they end up finding out that Miguel was actually the anonymous tip. It came out that he really did tip that off for all of that to happen so they could become in retail with the Colombians and go take over. They're not feeling that. They're not feeling that. And he tells them, like, we are partners, but don't get it twisted. This was my vision, my plan. And that's when they realized that, you know, he was the anonymous tip. But he caused the shots. So they're all looking at each other. And Benjamin and his family are the first ones. And they pull out. They're like, me and my family, we're out. And... Miguel Felix is like, okay. Because remember, I didn't mention that part. He told Maria he did all of this so they could fear him. They needed something to fear him. Really? And he tries to throw in a little scare tactic. I heard Tijuana is dangerous at this time. And Benjamin stands his ground, him and Mon, as they should. And he tells him, no. Everybody knows that the Tijuana Plaza belongs to the Felix brothers. Fun fact, not trying to get off topic, but we do know that part is very dramatized out. When Miguel Felix went down, he actually divided his plazas up himself, and he didn't stop selling until um, they put him in another prison where he was like basically all the way locked down. But when he actually, the first few years when he got locked up, he was still running things. And the Felix brothers are his blood nephews. So keep that in mind as well. It goes to the next scene. And we see Chapo, him and uh, Aguilera. No, no, no. Him and we see Chapo pulls out and said that they're bringing Hector Palma back in. And Azul pulls out. <laughs> Now he rolling with Sinaloa. I think he didn't try to kill Palma, but okay. And, you know, now that kind of messed him up. And he like, what? He like, okay. And he like, Azul, you fuck. Because <laughs> Azul, I was shocked too. Like when I first seen it, Azul, you with, you with Sinaloa now? And we see Aguilera. He pulls Horace out and says to him and Amado are going to run Juarez. And they're like, you know, Pablo Acosta was full of shit most of the time. But one thing he was right about is being in business with you is a price too high. Aguilera leaves and then it becomes a, a stare off between Amato and Felix, I really appreciated the scene. It was a very powerful scene because out of all this time, we've seen the, just the nice, humble, quiet Amado. He sat back when Don Nito, which is his blood, that uncle was locked up and betrayed by Felix. We seen him just sit back and just always take everything and whatever Felix told him to do, he did it. We've seen how, you know, even how he um, respectful he was to Pablo Acosta. But this is when we see Amado. And we know Amado is not nothing to play with. And then he's like, how long has you, how long have you been, you know, planning on fucking me? And Amado just sits there very calm for some time now. For some time now. And Remember, Pablo Acosta told him, I hope you know when it's the right time, you need to betray him. 
any clearly he he paid attention and then miguel felix also tells him so now you're in charge and he like oh no he said it wouldn't even look right it would have scared them if i would have took you out on my own so i had to make them think that we all did it together we're all going to run our own plazas and that's when miguel felix realizes who he is messing with because if you pay attention he did everything it was him who got the 70 tons over there so we see Amato knows the mentor has been outdone by the mentee. And that happens too often. So we see Miguel Felix, he just sits there and he lost his whole world in one day after he put that disgusting shit with having Lapita's fam Lapita and her, her children murdered. So we see um he sits there and now he's lost his family again at this time for good and now his whole business has crumbled so he knows once that um politicians know that the Colum the um colombians have made deals with the other plaza bosses it's no need in protecting miguel felix anymore we see we go back and we see walk he gets a call from D.C. in his office because, remember, he's still on desk duties. Even even the guy next to him. Did you do that paperwork, Walt? <laughs> Walt, uh, Walt is on desk duties, but he got that call from D.C. And it goes straight to the next scene. And Isabella, Isabella, poor Isabella. <sighs> she gets played again. She's walking, you know, her little walk. She be switching them hips. <laughs> I like Isabella. And she walks in there and her eyes get so big when she see the brothers in their warehouse. And then the sister walks out and basically lets her know, like, I told my brothers about our business. They pulled out of the Federation. From now on, I'm going to work with my brothers and you're out. I've sold the businesses, split everything up. I even gave you a very nice overly compensation. So she throws, um, not throws, but she shows, in, you know, hands Isabella the check. Isabella basically rips it up and let her know, like, you're, you you sold your own partner out for your brothers. This wasn't about the money for me. Um, fuck the money. We were business partners. And, you know, it just shows you, it's, you know. That's the streets. Um, I felt bad for Isabella here. And when she walked away, you could kind of tell. I think Adenina felt a little bad, too. Um, we'll probably see more of that when it gets to season three. Then and we go into the next scene and we see Miguel is back at his original table that he was at at the beginning of the season, that long table. But he's sitting there all along getting drunk away. And all of a sudden, everybody busts in there. We see Commandante busting there. And he's like, there's $5 million upstairs. He's like, not this time. Not this time. They arrest him for 18-1989 is when they arrested Thin Man. And they show the real footage of him going in. We also see that it was kind of like a political thing as well because it was four months in with the new president and the deal had just cleared for the free deal, the free trade deal. And it was when America became the United States of America, the United States of Mexico and the United States of Canada. And them locking Miguel Felix up made them look like they were on board and more at it. But. Fun fact, because we just learned this from the documentary that remember when the new president got in, he had already said he was going to shut a lot of stuff down. So when they did arrest Miguel Felix, it was like a team of four people. They couldn't even let he, he was so connected and well connected. It was like a small team of four people and they had to do everything the back way to get him in. So actually, when he was arrested, um, he got caught. He was ordering like some food. And he, it was some seafood. He ended up getting caught, and that's where they found him at one of his um, stash houses. It was in Guadalajara. Um, it looked like they had just caught him like up early morning, and he was already a fugitive. So, just want to say that as well. And Walk shows up, so we see that Commandante Calderoni had Walk 
part and he's like what happened and he's like the machine turned on him and he's like what you've been through so much everything that went down i felt like you deserve to be here a win is a win and what is looking at him like fuck you you know and and, and to be fair um i felt him but on Camarante Calderoni's point, he was dirty. Don't get me wrong, but it was really nothing else he could have done. If he would have not, if he would have did anything different, Mexico City would have had him, him, him murdered because he had he was going to be turning on his own bosses, and he knew how dangerous it was. And he like he was telling Walt, stuff works different, different over here in Mexico City. If you know how to play the game, you'll be fine. And that's is what he was trying to say. So in a in a way, he had a point, but when you come from a different country and used to doing everything differently, we don't see it that way. But I see it both ways. After that, honey, you know what got the look award? <laughs> it showed what in the DEA. They're <laughs> they're being award rewarded for you know the bus and uh feeling like they brought justice for Kiki Camarena with the third trafficker being locked up, the drug lord, head of cartel, and that was Miguel Felix. And we see the goofball uh Ted K State Department. <laughs> he comes and he's shaking everybody's hand and he look at Walt like he ain't never seen Walt before. And Walt is like, I know you. He's like, have a good day. <laughs> He is such a just a goofball. Um, we also see um, Ed and uh, Walt. They kind of like you know have a little. He like, don't you just feel like this is all fraud, fraud? And he like, it's, it's just a part of the job. He like, you're about to get transferred. Go down there and do good things. I know your boss Jaime. I worked with him, and we see that Walt get transferred to El Paso, Texas. And who do we see? We see Jaime again. Um, which after, you know, we looked at the doc, I don't know how to feel about Hamey, uh, Jaime. So, um, him and water kind of like talking, uh, what is a new DEA agent there? And he asked him like, you know, do you still have any type of pull in Mexico city? And it goes to the next scene. So we see that, you know, he's about to ask him for a favor, but it didn't show us what it was. Then we go to Isabella, Isabella. <laughs> Isabella's still doing her true husband, and she's still um, running coke in Tijuana. And as they're loading up, getting all their stuff ready in their warehouse, we see cops bust in. And Isabella's like, what's wrong, Captain? Didn't you get your, um, I'm paying my cut next month. So we can tell she had already made a deal with the police. And they shoot her men in the head and take her in. And <laughs> it, I, I found that part very funny only because the character who she is based off has been in jail numerous times. I'll talk about her real character uh, when we talk on a, the podcast with the other documentary about the other plazas. But yeah, she's been arrested multiple times. So that's the only reason why I thought that part was funny. So we see um, in Mexico City, we see the... Clavel, the driver, bodyguard, now he's a shoe salesman, and he's flirting with the girl and getting her some shoes. But as she's walking out, she runs so we can see it's a setup. So he looks out the window, and we see Hector. No, we see El Chapo coming in with a bat, honey. Get his ass. As you should. Then we see Hector Palmer walk in. Hector Palmer just had that look. He didn't know if he wanted to cry. He grabbed his wedding ring. He put it in his in his, in his little jacket pocket. All Hector Palmer could do was just look. And all Clavel could do was just close his eyes because he knew his ass was in for one. And Hector Palmer just got the bam, bam, bam. I mean, he beat his ass with that bat to where he was un unrecognizable. As he should. Chapo, he spit on him. I mean, Hector Palma deserved all of what he gave him. Um, that was a well-deserved ass whooping, murder. Um, so 
we go into the next scene and we see the plaza meetings and we, um it's just the you know the plaza bosses we have the uh felix brothers felix um the benjamin and mon and her other brother then we see don juan is there with his nephew we see aguilera and um amato for Jerez, and then in sinaloa we see hector palma is back and they have their crew along with the zoo and they basically toast and say the past is the past and now it's the present we all run our own plazas and everybody stay in line it's enough for everybody to win so we see that Hame and what we see um what asked Hame for a favor but we didn't know what it was but now we see what it was it was to get him into the prison to see Miguel Felix. So Miguel Felix, we see him in prison, got his little prison suit on, and he walks out and he looks, his eyes kind of get big. And, you know, he picks up the phone and Walt is like, do you know who I am? Miguel Felix, like, not a fucking clue. But with that funny accent, I can imagine. I can already know. <laughs> Leave America alone, Felix. But uh, <laughs> you like from that funny accent. <laughs> I thought that part was funny. Walt pulls out a picture of Kiki and says, I've been waiting for this forever. And uh Felix kind of gets to taunting him a little bit, like, oh, I remember him. Um I've I've heard of him. That's the agent, right? Wasn't he murdered? Wasn't, you know, his body drilled and, you know, all that shit he was taunting him with. I didn't find anything funny about that because, like I told you guys, Kiki Camarena's murder bothers me. Um, But he's basically, you know, just taunting him about how he was brutally murdered. And, you know, they kind of go back and forth. And he's like, what are you even doing here? You don't care about him. You don't care about them. You know, and they kind of go back and forth. And then... um. Walt just tells him, like, look, it, well, he does, he does tell Walt, he was like, um, if you think I'm the one who ordered that hit on Camarena, you're even stupider than, than I think you are. And then, you know, Walt tells him, like, I didn't say you did. But since they've already turned on you anyway, you have nothing to lose. Give up who did this. And, you know, Miguel Felix is not stupid. He like, if I wanted to die, I would just hang myself in a rope. So, they, so, you know, he's basically like, fuck you. But then he sits there some more. And then he picks back up the phone because Miguel Felix is still sitting there. He's very, he's cocky, honey. He's cocky. Like, um, I thought you were leaving. This conversation that they are about to have was one of the deepest, realest conversations that two men could have. The way how they had him break this down he's like well tell me what you do know he said oh i don't know anything but i might have heard or something and he's basically telling him like i might have heard that the plazas were going to become their own cartel it might work for a minute but then fire for fireworks will start to start and you could tell Walt get chills in his spine, which I got him in my spine because this was a very chilling, real scene. And he basically tells him the future of what we have today. He said, Fire, fireworks will start when they all start arguing over who want the best routes, who want the best product, who want access to the top dogs in the government. And he breaks it down how it's going to happen. He tells them, Tijuana will become stronger. They have a border. And then war will break out. Because Sinaloa, they have all the soldiers, but they don't have a border. And they're going to start fighting over that border. And that happened. That happened. He told them the future. And when we go to season three, I'm sure that we'll see that a truce did not happen. Um, and he says, you know, even after that, um, while they're sitting there, um, if, if they would have merged, they wouldn't even had to, to do this and nothing would have stopped them, but they couldn't see the vision. And he lets them know while they're stupid and fighting each other, the golf, they're going to watch and sit back and get stronger and they're going to get weaker. 
And he basically he basically lets him know. He says, learn this name, gringo. A motto. He gives him the full name to so the whole government name. And he like a motto will become the biggest, biggest trafficker ever in the world. Because he's, he's, he, he has it in him. So learn that name. He said, unless somebody, you know, with some balls walks up and shoot him in the head. He said, I'm just, just giving you idea. <laughs> you know, still throwing shots at a motto. And feeling, I mean, Walt is listening to him with chills in his spines because he can tell everything he is saying is true. And he's basically letting him know, like, you guys should have gave me a fucking DEA badge because you're going to miss me. And I think they do. He said, because I was the only one who seen the vision and could have kept this control. He said, but now you've let the cage open and the animals out. Whew, that was a chilling scene, a real scene. And Watt is just looking and he knows he's telling the truth. Very intense conversation. And he finally got the closure. I mean, of course, he didn't get the closure, but that opened his eyes that it was much bigger than what they even expected. And it was no shutting this down. And that's what we have today. <laughs> like when Felix was out and he was over and he had all the plazas under one federation, it worked. It, it did work. But then when he was gone, look at what it is today. And, and we'll talk more about that in the documentaries because he was not lying. Sinaloa and Tijuana damn near killed half of everybody off. It was sad. And to be fair, like this was dramatized out with very good writing, very good writing, because like I told you guys before, when Felix Miguel was arrested, he still ran his cartel for some years. It was like about three, four years. And then they put him into like a, um, a higher um, correctional facility. It was more security and he was unable to do it. And that's when the plazas broke off on their own. And that's when they started going through Cali and not Pablo anymore. Because around that time, Pablo was still doing his thing. Remember, this happened in 1989. Pablo didn't get killed until 1993. Pablo was still selling stuff. He was still selling stuff when he was in prison. So they were still going through Medellin. But after that, that's when they end up going through Cali. So I predict when um, if they keep it true to story, when we go to season three and they drop that, um, it'll be a model working more with Pacho. And we'll see the Sinaloa and Tijuana going back and forth. I believe that's what's going to be um, season three is based off. They'll probably still show a lot of um, <clears throat> Isabella as well because she was around for some years. She even did a lot of work with Chapo and um, it's probably going to show a lot of um, it's going to be based off a model, the Lord of Skies. And um, it's probably going to show a lot of the Felix family because they were really big in the game after Miguel left. Like he left them. A, he left them in charge with a lot. And that was my recap. Did you guys I hope you guys enjoyed it? <laughs> oh, my God. I love Narcos. Look at how far we came, guys. When we started this, I said, we're going to do every episode. And I told you guys, I said, I cannot wait till I get to Mexico. I love talking about Mexico. So on that note, we have finished it up. We got two more things to do. Um, I want to do one more documentary. That'll be like on the plaza, on the plaza, um, you know, wars. So we'll talk about that as well. Um, and then we're, we're moving on to snowfall. We'll be on a snowfall next week. I don't know what day we're going to start, but I'll remind you guys Sunday. Let me put a couple more things together and I'll remind you guys Sunday. Who will we do the Michael Jackson tribute and, uh, power? I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking about it. Don't forget. Let me shout out, um, my mentor's book once, once again, uh, some things I've been through a memoir by Jamil Gully TV Lindsay. You can also follow him on YouTube. He covers sports, hip hop, and fashion. Has over a hundred thousand subscribers. And do not forget to check out if you're in gonna be in the Roswell area, probably sometime in September. Um, 
my sister, homegirl, slash bestie, like this is my A1 right here. She will be opening up her spa, the Ambience Health and Wellness Spa. It will be doing mineral detox, body wraps, vaginal steams, iconic foot baths, and colonics. They'll have the Himalayan salt and fair sauna therapy. And that will be $10 off with any service flyer. I will um, put that in the description box. And that's going to be at www.ambiencehealthspot.com. Let's share the love. Share it, share it, share it. I love shooting out my, shoot, um, you know, shouting out my people who's doing their thing. You know, we can all grow, all build together. You know, it don't have to be a competition. You should want better and the best for everything. You know, if you're around people who win, they'll motivate you to win, you know. So we, we positive vibes over here, you know. But on that note, um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'll try to get back on tomorrow. But um, Sunday, we will be dropping two podcasts. And we're going to go on the snowfall. <laughs> so it's your girl, Shanice. And on that note, I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl, Shanice.